and welcome to the DM's Book Club, a podcast where each episode we talk about some Dungeons & Dragons and how we can fit it into our role-playing campaigns. This week, as ever, there is Fiona on the other side of the chairs. <laughs> That's um, worse. Yes, the chairs in the room that we're in together, absolutely. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. hundreds of miles away across yep. the country. But um, <laughs> how are you, Fiona? How are you I, doing? I'm very well, yes. So for those people off podcast at the day of recording, I am in the new space. So how yeah. you see a very interesting room and a very bad camera angle. Yeah. But it's fine. I'm doing all right. Thank you. Um, yep. Survive the heat wave where heat, we yes. were in the same room That's opposite a... tables. Um, yes. Wow. Yeah. You know what? I completely forgotten that happened and that was earlier this week. <laughs> I had kind of forgotten it as well for a moment wow. or two. Yeah, it's because it's because we didn't record straight after as we yeah. initially planned to. But yes, so we finally met in person. Yeah. How exciting is that? Oh. Know, it only took us a year. <laughs> we didn't even take any proof. We should have taken a photo oh. for all our loving fans out there to have listened all three to. of them. Yeah, all yeah, three yeah. of them to have looked at. <laughs> well, well, we'll definitely do that next time because now we've just dis- we've obviously now I've introduced. Well, Hamilton, you've had it before, um, no, but like we had our first five guys together, which mm-hmm. is very special. And now we're just, every time we meet in London, we're just going to have to do a different burger chain and that's uh, the rate plan. them. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Shake Shack next, I think. <laughs> yeah, Shake Shack, that's up for that. There's, yeah. there's got to be some. Please, please suggest any if you yeah. know London food stuff, because otherwise I'll just be like, let's go to Five Guys, because that's that's my. <laughs> just try all the Five Guys. All the Five Guys, but I am very I boring. Do like a bi- I am I'm partial to a Byron burger. I think they do a good oh. burger. I do like them. You know, I've not had a Byron burger for ages. They've got good buns. That's what's yeah. good about them. And but you know where we should really go is Bodine's because that's oh. my that's my London favourite barbecue wow. place. And get wow. the sandwich, get the Bodine Soho sandwich. Talking about the wonders of meeting and the wonders of all these different amazing, wonderful food places. I'm shaking my head. I'm shaking, shaking your head, head, but I'm laughing. Well, Hamilton, what, what are we talking about today? We're talking about the wonders. Of the multiverse, which is the new UA, the second UA to come out in as, as many months. Yes, I think. Yeah, yeah we've been inundated. Uh, one of our favourite UAs was last time, the Giants one. I think, which we yeah. both seriously enjoyed. I was listening back to that one actually today, and just I was just like, yeah, that is the part of the Giant Barbarian. Still one of my favourite things to come out. <laughs> it just fixes Barbarians basically. It, not yeah. that they need fixing, but it, it fixes a few things in Barbarians. Barbarianism, Barbarianism, sure, Barbarian subclasses that I always felt needed to, that would set them back, like being able to throw crap and yeah. being able to attack things at range. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, that's why I really like it. But it's been a very interesting week because mm. um, again, at the time recording on Tuesday. Yeah was the release of the Radiant Citadel, which I know at some point we will we'll sit down and discuss yeah. properly. I've started reading it, actually. I really enjoyed mm, it. Too. But literally, the night before, they just went, hang yeah. on, guys, here is some new A some for new you. UA. And I was like, what? So, yeah, messaging you going like, I mean, great, more, more content for us. Hooray, hooray. But it's like, it's really weird yeah. for it to be so soon. One of the thoughts I said to you, which was that it's like, keep the hype train going. My yes. other thought is that... This does give away a lot about what's coming next. Let's yes. hide it behind the Radiant Citadel so not so many people are talking about it. So we mm. can keep it only the nerdy super UA fans like us. I sent it to you and obviously mm. both busy lives. And then mid-morning I read it and I was like, holy shit. You sent it to me twice. You're like, how yeah. much have you read this? Have you read this? Because I believe... <laughs> I believe, believe it's my favourite. Yes, I think we we are speculating, but it's pretty much confirmed if you read the... It's 12 pages long, so it's much yeah. longer than the last UA, oh which came gosh, out. Yeah. And it's a whole lot of stuff. More importantly, 
it sort of confirms a little bit what we think the next campaign setting will yeah. be after Spelljammer and Dragonlance, mm. perhaps, or maybe one in between. It feels very planescapey, essentially. Yeah. So yeah. if you're if you're waiting on your Spelljammer, this is going to just add to it, uh, mm. like by loads. Let's just dive right into it. The first yeah. thing that comes up is this new uh, this new race, this new lineage called yeah. Glitchling. Which a yeah. uh, little little tagline is these mechanical servants of law seek to experience all the multiverse has to offer, and I was just like, mm. well, Modrons, Modrons, playable, Modrons, Modrons. <laughs> <laughs> like literally our favorite thing that we always say, like also known, they're super close to Modron. One day yeah. they'll have playable Modrons, and they've given us they've them. done it. Yeah, they finally updated As I said, it. Oh, yeah, I'm so I, I'm I am so hyped. When I read it, I was yeah. like, no, and then I came yeah. reading, and I was like. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's so obviously because some glitchings then carry what they learn back to lawful planes, like Mechanus, to inform the orderly working of the book. I mean, it mentions uh, the planes, it mentions Mechanus specifically. Clearly, that's just a nod. It's like, if you know, you know, this is playable modrums. Like, you know, they've yeah. just called them glitchlings for the, like, they call yeah. Harangar rabbit folk. Mm-hmm. I think it's just that. They're just like, you know. If you yeah. know, you know. But if you don't know, we've not confirmed it. But I also like that if it, if this is the actual title that they go with Glitchlings, it kind of makes sense because I guess Modrons, like, because obviously they are part mm. of Mechanus and Primus and all that sort of thing. So these are ones that are broken away from the us and we and stuff. And actually reading about them, again, like all good UA, obviously mm. it's just like, you can be anything, anyone, etc. But yeah. I like the idea that there's a little bit that says they begin their existence with rudimentary personalities, yeah. like what Modrons do. But as they absorb information, they grow and they develop. Yeah. But they retain quirks and of course there is a quirk table and love yeah. i love it i love the fact that one of them is just like we think of ourselves as part of the collective mm. uh, lawful forces of the multiverse and don't refer to ourselves as a singular thing so yeah. the fact you could do that there's one that's like you preface things with a short description like so it this. says observation <laughs> interjection, interjection. <laughs> query it's, it's like um it's like it. <laughs> phoenix right objection well, there you go that's what we're gonna have for, uh, you're gonna have that yeah. for your um ravnica yes glitchling lawyers, lawyers. yeah perfect there you Love go but just a quick look at them in general because like i said this ua is just full of stuff yeah. obviously creature type is a construct they're medium they have a walking speed they have yeah. metal skin so armored plating yeah got a good base armor class of 14 plus your decks that's pretty good actually i think that that's more really than good. most people that yeah. you have and then they have this thing called balance chaos which i think rogues it's a similar rogue thing as i say rogue everything up and you're happy i just like this because it said basically whenever you roll an attack or a saving throw and you roll a nine or lower on the d20 you can balance chaos Mm. and treat that number as a 10 and you can do it as many times uh, equal to your proficiency and expertise in rogues is unlimited but this is um this is proficiency bonus related. Again, again, really cool flavour sub of it. And I like that idea that you just go, oh, no, that's not how it works. I uh, really <laughs> did think before I got there, before yeah. I read it, I thought, oh, they're going to make it so everything is average for you. And I was hoping they would do that. So that like, would be amazing. Hit points always average. Every attack is average. You can make as like an alternate. I'd make that like a, my alternate ruling is that you can, if you want to, if you're happy to do it, you can just say before yeah. you roll. You can either take the roll, yeah. or you could just say, I'm going average damage. I'm going for average <sighs> on everything. It's a hangover from your Modron days. Yeah, exactly. Here's a cool thing, though. There's a yeah. thing called Living Construct. You were created to benefit several spells to preserve life, but don't normally affect constructs. That happens on what's the Warforged as well. Does it now? Because I, yes. I couldn't remember that. So yeah, so Cure Wounds, Healing Word, Mask, yeah. etc. They help. So you're not just like mending spell constantly. <laughs> 
No, because again, it's something that they did previously with the Tasha's one with the Reborn and stuff like that, where mm. it's like you are undead, but also humanoid, so yes. you can yes. benefit from healing stuff, you know. Mm. Ordered Mind, which is something we saw when we looked at Modron's, yes. all it is is just advantage on saving, uh, on wisdom checks and saving pros yes. to avoid or end the charm condition on yourself, which I actually quite like that. As you said, it's a really good nod back to Modron's with exactly yeah. the wording, so that's kind of cool. Yeah. And then I know what you're going to say. <laughs> they do exactly. have wings and they have a fly speed but again this fly speed is not too bad because it's to the end of your current turn yeah Vestig- i can't even say vestigial yes vestigial yeah. wings so you can use that a number of times again so your bonus proficiency there's a lot of basically there's a lot of this here's a feature yeah. use it as many times as you have for your bonus proficiency which is usually up to five maybe six and i think that's pretty cool and you can gain them on a long rest and i'm like you know what this sounds cool i i instantly was like oh, i'm gonna be honest i'm a modron lady i love like i love modrons i think it works really well so i'm like tick 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 i think that's a good definer of red flag if someone says i don't like modrons i'm like <laughs> <laughs> like so you don't like Makanas and well we oh. did a whole episode on Makanas <laughs> and uh... <laughs> I just need to be honest oh, we'll talk about that later you uh, yeah. spoiler alert let's dive into the cleric subclass I yeah don't know if you want to take this one okay yeah so it is called the fate domain gods of fate perceive the future and how the choices mortals make driving towards their destinies some deities consider the future preordained while others understand the multiverse as a place of infinite possibilities mm. basically you're a cleric that's like a divination wizard meets yeah. cleric is how i Very saw cool. it. it gives you some pantheons and some example deities from some big pantheons that we know of uh, and then it talks about the spells you gain, which are basically, as I said, yeah, um, divination ones. Again, flavor-wise, mm. makes total sense. I know we always say like, oh yeah, Doctor Strange, definitely a wizard. But here you could make them as a as a cleric. So the things you get, Dissonant Whispers, Heroism, Sea Invisibility, Warding Bond, Beacon of Hope, Clairvoyance, Death Ward, Divination, Commune, and Gaius, which yes. is the very good command spell. Command spell, yeah. Not gaseous form, which I was going to no. <laughs> You know what? I was going to say, Warding Bond, I've actually just used that very recently mm-hmm. in a campaign. It's really good. Split half the damage, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It is, It's a good a paladin spell. A lot of paladins use it because they're generally quite beefy and so it kind of works well with them because they take exactly. half the half damage as well, I think. Your target gets like. gets resistance to it, but then you it means you just take it and it's yeah, exactly. like, oh, constantly yeah. like, oh, keep going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think the flavor of this is better than the actual like execution of it, if that makes sense, because I think it's... So the omens and portents is the first level fate domain feature. You can perceive signs of the future in everyday objects and events, so such as flights of birds or ripples made in water. You know, you could be that sort of like mystic Meg about things or just that moody person who goes, oh, did you see that? That's a very British reference yeah. and I love yeah. it. And yeah. I 100% yeah. now want to do mystic Meg, Meg. Yeah. predicting the lottery in a medieval town. So, so true. It also reminds me a little bit, did you ever read, have you ever read Dean Koontz? Oh, a long time ago. And yeah. Odd Thomas was a very famous Odd one of Thomas. the books. I remember and Thomas, there was a character who used to read dead animals they found on roadkill. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's just reminding me of that. It was just, that was fair, I mean, I used to read <laughs> Dean Koontz, I'm talking a decade ago, but yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. he's a poor man's uh, Stephen, Cro- Stephen, Stephen King. King, as everyone yeah. would say, but good D&D stories in there. He's blatantly played some D&D because he's got some wacky, <laughs> yeah. wacky great stories in there. You can cast the Augury spell without expending a spell slot, which is a high level spell. And I had to listen to it and look at it. it was, it's quite a good spell. It's not super high, but it's, it's high enough for a first level. Yeah, I love the second flavoring though. Or the second yeah. part of this is that whenever, until you finish a long rest, when you cast a divination spell, that includes a chance the DM will give you no answer or a random reading, such as augury, commune, or divination. Mm. Reduce that chance by twenty five percent. Yeah. 
So it just means you're more likely to get an answer or something. Yeah. Or like the, the get out clause with a DM saying, what should we do next? You know, mm. I just, I quite like that. I, again, I, maybe it's a bit too mathy, but maybe too technical for like the yeah. old player. But I, I was like, oh, that's quite cool. Cause the, the chance that you get to commune and roll a certain number and stuff. Exactly. Like... It's a very cool. As I said, like the flavor is more strong than the sort of execution, yeah. which is very much kind of mathy, which is fine. Yeah, so Ties That Bind is a very more powerful and similar version to what you just mentioned earlier, Warding Bond. Warding Bond, yeah. Yeah, so you can tie a fate to others in action. You can touch one object creature and magically tie a strand of fate from yourself for it to one hour or until you use this feature again. Unwilling creature must succeed in the wisdom saving throw so your friends could say yes because this is basically when you cast a spell on this spell slot, you deal damage, it adds a d6, or if you want to restore hit points, it adds a d6. So you could use this in the sense of like... Got a glass cannon over there uh, that we're going to constantly always healing uh, Barry. Barry's always getting knocked down. Barry the warlock, yeah. So I'm going to tie that bind, uh, ties that bind to you, and uh, you get an extra D6 when every time I restore hit points to that target. That's so good. I love the versatility of that. I yeah. think that's really cool, really interesting. Then you get Strands of Fate. What Strands yeah. of Fate then, Fiona? So Strands of Fate, you use your channel divinity to see and manipulate the strands that weave around other individuals. As a bonus action, you can enter this state for up to one minute or until you lose concentration. Whenever another creature you see makes an attack roll or ability check, you can use a reaction to give the roll advantage or disadvantage your choice. Whoa! Pretty good. Ooh, that's pretty good. And a reaction as well. As again, I like the idea because you're just like twisting that strand and go, oh, it's a bit out of place. No, no, no. Does it say how long, how many times you can use that? It's, it's child divinity. So oh, that, sorry. sorry. So that's, that's usually once per day or once per long rest, I think, from off, oh, off the Oh, quickly going to look. I've got cler- yeah. clerics open here. Class features. Do, 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 do. Channel divinity. Once per rest. That's Beginning at sixth level, you get it twice, and at eighteenth level, three. So actually, ooh, three times. That's not yeah, too bad. That isn't bad. I think that's a pretty OP. It is OP, but again, until you lose concentration, up to one minute. That's ten rounds, so you never know. But um, well, that is good. Yeah. Like one one minute. If you didn't lose concentration, that's that is a good boss battle. Disadvantage, disadvantage, disadvantage. Everyone's got advantage. Like everyone's getting advantage, and all the attacks against you are getting disadvantage yeah. for the next. If you've got rogues in your party, which you should do, <laughs> then you get insightful striking, which is uh, another rogue feature, roguish feature. Mm. Bonus action, you can choose one creature you can see within 30 feet. You get a brief vision of the target's defences. Till the end of your next turn, you gain one of the following effects. You can get a d6 to add the numbers to the total, or the target must make a saving throw against the spell you cast. The target's going roll a d6 and subtract the number from the saving throw. So again, it's that that adding yeah. a d6, taking that d6 yeah, away. all that's really good. Yeah, because normally insightful striking is a is an attack based thing, but I think yeah. uh, I'm not seeing it used on a spell, mm. and I think that's very cool. Basically, I, yeah. Again, like you said, this is if, again if you look at divination wizards or anything mm. like that, very similar things. So it's cool yeah. to see it on for a cleric who yeah. and again this idea of fate as well. So yeah, I, I'd like. Well, it I makes so this. much more sense for a cleric to be divination because it's divine. <laughs> you know, it's like wizards are all about reading, right? Know, and they're like, exactly. I've learned how to do this, whereas clerics are like, well. The gods yeah. told me to do this. <laughs> it feels like druids, are, like druids reading the, the land, and it feels like rangers as well, and it feels like clerics could all get involved in it. So it feels a bit like a miss. It feels like they're just adding to the obvious, not obvious, but like, oh, that just needed to be ticked off the list. of it, it, Yeah, it's basically meaning that you can even customise further and further down. You're doing your Borderlands character, you're putting points here and there and all yeah, that. Exactly. Or your Wonderlands character now, let's face it. Anything I was going to say that I wish they'd added. See, so they've got Potent Spellcasting is the next one, which is you add your Wisdom modifier to damage you deal. One thing that's missing from this as an mm-hmm. optional channel divinity, 
mm -hmm. portent. Yes, that idea that you roll those dice and then you t you can go, oh, I portent that dice, so you get a one rather than twenty. Yeah, because I love portent as a I'm playing a divination wizard now in Custrad. And it, I love Port. I've got a five and twenty. I've got a five and a twenty <gasps> locked and loaded. It's a really good mechanic that fits so perfectly with divination because it's yeah. like I'm pre-rolling. It's so meta, and I love it. And I think yeah. I think I would add that as an optional channel divinity as mm -hmm. instead of the strands of fate. I think strands of fate is great and powerful, but yeah. I think giving you the option just to have portent always yeah. on, I think, would work equally yeah. as well for me i think that portent spellcasting feature anyway i think i was just a bit late for myself i'd actually switch that child well the, it's hard to switch that child divinity around because obviously mm. thing but it just feels like level eight oh you add your wisdom modifier to the damage it's like okay maybe an extra yeah, two or three no, no. oh yeah potents yeah exactly i don't think that's i think that should be like an insightful striking it's basically insightful striking i yeah i'd swap those bonus. two i think yeah yeah because it's it just feels a bit like oh great and it's know. only to any cleric cantrip, so... Oh, that's even worse. <laughs> that's terrible. And then you get visions of future. Your knowledge of future allows you to guide individual... So, Foresight. I, I looked at Foresight. Yeah. It's a freaking cool spell. I've never heard of it. What's Foresight? You can give any creature that you choose, including yourself, I believe, the ability to roll a lot of cool shit. You get advantage Ooh. on all your throws, saving throws, and attacks for the next eight hours. Now, just noting this, it only gives you for one minute, and uh, so this is only without spending a spell slot. But I'm suggesting people get yourselves down to the foresight channel and and organize <laughs> yourself foresight as one of your top level ninth spells. Because it is a bloody good one. Touch a willing creature and bestow a limited ability to see the immediate future for the duration, which is eight hours. Oof. Target can't be surprised, has advantage on attack rolls, ability checks, and saving throws. Mm -hmm. Additionally, other creatures have disadvantage on attack rolls against the target for the duration. Ooh. Ooh. So if, you're, if you've got foresight in your locker as a wizard or a cleric, or uh, it's a divination spell, so I, I guess it's druids, bards, warlocks, wizards, and now clerics. Um, yeah. It's it's a bloody good Ooh, spell. That's cool. If you've got your barbarian, anyone, I don't know, barbar barbarians always got have always got advantage. But if you, you give your glass cannons, your, your glass your cannon, or your fighter, or you're giving your barbarian the fact that they can't get disadvantage, <laughs> so they can be recklessly attacking without having to get disadvantage mm. back on attacks. I don't know. It's a bloody good spell, and that's I think good. it's it's a good buff. I think it's a really good buff to have. I think overall this subclass it totally makes sense. It, yeah. I like. I think it's cool. I think it's it's nice to see this, like you said, like mm. getting divination in back into yeah. all all magic casting classes, yeah. including clerics. So mm. let's have a brief chat mm. about the backgrounds because I know okay. we'll get to the spells and we'll get to the feats a little yeah. bit. Like we'll just have mm. a bit of an overview. But the backgrounds are four new backgrounds. This, this UA is just full of stuff. Yeah. And I think the reason I got, I was like, I need to tell Hamilton to read this thing ASAP is because there's stuff about portals. There's stuff about planes. Ah! It's worth Planescape. Yeah. <laughs> Planescape is happening, essentially. So, yeah, you get bonus feats to this, which it mentions another thing. DM allows if any background gets a bonus feat, which some of these do. Give bonus yeah. feats to everyone, which is like the Strixhaven everyone gets. So like we talked about this before. Yeah. So yeah, so uh, that's really cool. And yeah, so that yeah. the fact that you get you choose one of these backgrounds and instantly you get a feat, which I'm like. Yeah. And I think this is going with the fact that they're doing more of this sort of thing, making it more campaign specific, making some cool things that fit with them because Planescape mm. makes sense anyway because that's what they're doing clearly. And uh, more shit <laughs> is good for players. So giant foundling, which I know I'm not doing this in order. So this is just going back to what we did in the UA. It's giving an additional thing that gives you an origin. Uh, about your childhood that's brought up here as an orphan maybe or yeah. 
or you know you've got some sort of lived in a prehistoric pocket of the world clearly mm. this is what the other setting is it's going to be dinos it sounds like yeah. the giants and the dinosaurs Ooh. is a pre so you think it's gonna be two separate things yeah because I, I was gonna ask you is there a giant bit in planescape because i don't know that well because i was well, like maybe maybe there is i think the giant ua as i said was all about prehistoric i think oh. they've got a primeval primordial sort of campaign setting coming out which is going to be giants dinosaurs mm. woolly nuts, all that sort of stuff Mm-hmm. you know jurassic park right, right right and then they've got planescape and so i'm gonna get past the giant <gasps> stuff because it's boring it's not boring it's amazing but <laughs> boring not boring yeah 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 but it's you can guess what it is if you listen to our giants one it basically just gives a background that links to those feats the two that are planescape gate warden background yes. You spend a sniffing of time somewhere influenced by a portal to another plane of existence or by intense planar forces you're accustomed to experience that would leave others reeling in terror or enraptured by otherworldly beauty. Yes. You're comfortable dealing with fiends and celestials as you are with vendors in town. Maybe that Mm. town is Sigil. I don't know. So, (laughs) skill processes, persuasion and survival. Two languages additional of abyssal, celestial or infernal. Recommended. Recommended. Yeah, I know. I've never seen it recommended before. I think that's quite cool. Ring of keys to unknown locks. Love that. How cool is that that little bit of flavorsome i again that yeah. for me as a dm i might well i'm taking that and a black book yeah those are going to mean something for sure mm-hmm. you gain uh the sign of outer planes feet which there are ones for chaos good lawful and evil there is not a neutral one oh, that's true as we found neutral is sometimes the most exciting because it's the planes of conflict and so there's got to be something fun there about the, the rules of conflict and the fact that you're yeah. always in this weird balance and are able to find this sort of libra-esque point in the middle so i think mm. that would be interesting building a gate warden character you get some funky personality traits. I love these yeah. personality traits. I just wanted to pick up on um, yeah. two of them. So I like the number two and on this table, you get, I think in terms of exchange, something for something and nothing for nothing. So I, I like that sort of tit for tat, like thinking outside the box a bit. But then I also love, I pepper my speech with borrowed words and curses from plain our yeah. languages. I love the idea that you just don't know what they mean though yeah like you know you, you it's like that love island oh it is what it is you know yeah. <laughs> it's just, that's what i would do i would just go go like do a, a big thing about reality tv shows get their catchphrases and just say it every so often you yeah. know like where's the lamb sauce or something yeah. like that <laughs> yeah and you gain uh, some gate warden trinkets which is like a nice love little, a trinket table they're lovely, oh. yeah small lead ingot with a strange thumbprint a smoldering pebble of coal that whilst always hot doesn't burn skin uh, I'm just skipping a few here. A ring made yeah. from a chain link that once worn won't come off without pulling painfully. I off. love that. That that's a really cool one. I think mm. again, the very role play, very flavoursome. That idea because I guess you could use that maybe like an immovable rod type thing. Yeah. If you like hucking stuff on, but I don't know. Yeah. I, I I quite like it that it's flavoursome enough, but you could always as a DM you go, oh, I'm going to make mm. that into something. The next one is a planar philosopher. Now philosophy and planescape go hand in hand like bread and cheese like ham and cheese like all things and cheese like a good sandwich uh, like every good sandwich and so you subscribe to a distinct philosophy that seeks to understand the nature of the planes of some hidden truth of the multiverse well this is basically factions oh wait mm. wait a minute it's about to say something like that uh you draw straight from your conviction perhaps a network of like-minded believers like a faction in your travels you seek to deepen the depths of your understanding and spread your knowledge members of organizations aka factions provide you free modest lodgings and food or homes of other faction members oh wait they forgot to take out there <laughs> we do have an episode on factions i can't i've said sometime in series that was the first thing i ever did for the dm's yes, book club was, was the factions it? of planescape so if you there want to learn a bit more about them 
Yeah, if you want to have a quick pr- preview, because obviously Hamilton, you were so ahead of the times uh, when you put that episode out. How do you feel about that with the fact that possibility come back? I love it because, I mean, I don't know if I need it because I've read so much of all the other stuff, but <laughs> I want it because I want... Like, there's an interesting thing about the D&D movie coming out and people about Stranger Things. I'm one of the people that's like, more people playing the stuff I love? Yes, please. And yeah. so I'm so excited that Planescape will actually be cool. Because <laughs> I'm not Whoa. one of those people like, I liked it before it was cool. I'm like, no, I did like it before it was cool, but I want people to play with now. Exactly. Like, I can actually share that joy. Yeah, exactly. That's what, that's what you get from doing this podcast. It's like, yeah. I like this thing. You like this thing. Great. We're yes. going to talk about it for ages. And then someone else on the internet will go, oh, I also like people talking about this thing. And you're like, yeah, thanks, yeah. guys. Yeah. Yay. Well, I, Planescape. <laughs> it's, I love it. So... You gain two languages, you gain our time for persuasion, but you get feature conviction. You gain the sign of order planes in addition, members of organization, I said, provide you that, but you also get these philosophy traits, which are very much related to the factions. So mm. I don't venerate any gods. We can be as powerful or greater than, which is the Athar, if anyone knows that. Mm-hmm. Uh, experiences everything live in the moment, which is the uh, sensates. When things crumble, I find meaning in the ashes. That could be the Doom God. I was going to say Doom God, right? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Life thrives through order. I won't tolerate disruptions, which is probably the Harmonium or oh, the Governors. Could be one the of governors, the two. Yeah. Ooh. When others make plans, the multiverse laughs, and so do I, which is probably like the Chaos Attacks or yeah. the Free League. And uh, I know what's right, and no one will stand in my way, which is Harmonium <laughs> slash yeah. Mercy Killers. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. So all good stuff. I just want them to be. I want them back. I want more. I want more factions. I want to be making more factions. I want to be doing homebrewing factions, and people actually want to be interested in it. And then it has the Rune Carver again. Yeah. So we've we've obviously talked about that in the UA because that was before was like yeah. uh, those feats of so the uh, apprentice and the adept, and now and obviously the uh, subclass as well for wizards. And now you have a whole background about it, so you could be like. Uh, you know, a subclass wizard rune carver with a rune carver background with two rune carver feats because you really love carving those runes yeah. essentially. Did you notice before and I noticed mm. in this one when I read it the second time that the art of runecraft was initially created by the giants of Lord- Yore? Did oh, you notice no. that from before? No I didn't, I just, I just assumed it was giants in general. As such though, giant runes are the most common and languages that you know giant and one other language mm. so this obviously the rune carver Mm. is related to this primordial primeval Mm -hmm. campaign setting which is going to be all about the giants no that yeah i hadn't seen that little bit of text before but yeah absolutely again another flavor something like rune style so different flavorings and stuff Mm. like i like this the one like number three on that table which is you engrave stones into onto glass beads and thread Mm. them through necklaces and bracelets so again this idea that you you covered in these beautiful well, glassy jewelry essentially looking beautiful in that mm. and then even once you draw draw your runes into candles melting the wax yeah, I to like smooth that over one. that was my favorite one. yeah <gasps> very cool very cool yeah personality wise again this feels very giant in a way as well is it yeah. practical to learn an ancient language that is rarely used everyday speech no is it fun yeah. very <laughs> <laughs> that's what all the latin majors say isn't it <laughs> We talk about the rest of the feats that we've got going yes. on there's a few that relate to some of the backgrounds we talked about earlier and there's yes. as we've already mentioned the ones that they updated uh yep. that are the rune carver and the giant based ones yeah the giant ones again they're now all of them have an attack of some sort plus something else essentially yeah. which is nice because some of them had a reaction or didn't mm-hmm. do as uh, or basically all of them have an attacking thing rather than like oh a debuff or something like that the only thing i did want to say quickly on that giant one there is a, a spell there is a yeah strike of the giants 
which is an earlier mm-hmm. one that specializes in several different of several different ones and that's another damage taking one so if you're a hill giant you take an extra 1d6 of the weapon type damage really cool i quite like that flavor yeah. i will say though it's not a set d6 of damage for all of them some of them are more so like fire giants is an extra d8 of fire damage and the cloud giant is only a, a d4 of thunder damage and stuff like that and i guess maybe because they're, they're combined with like an extra effect perhaps uh but i was just like oh, that's a shame because you feel like an underwhelming if you're on one side of the you know on the other side basically it's usually like it takes an extra die of damage plus something else uh apart from that fire giant which is just like, oh it's just an extra d8 of fire and you're like yeah oh rubbish so I think you get that one early on as actually as one of your backgrounds or so. So yeah. Yeah, it's only a first level, isn't it? Mm-hmm. With that then, they've got a load of these very related to the planes. So we've already mentioned mm-hmm. how much this is related to the planes. And as I've mentioned, they have lawful and chaotic. They have good and they have evil. Mm-hmm. And they have all the elemental ones. So they're the inner planes. And they have the science and outer planes that relate to these particular fourth level ones that are Mm -hmm. definitive the only thing i think that i find weird and we talked about this a bit earlier was the neutral the lack of the neutral one because there's the conflict one because i think like an agent of conflict they've got agent of order is the first one but if they had like an agent of conflict or something like you can rebalance or something like that or like Mm -hmm. you can i don't know you were something to do with those like Archeron, which is like all the battlefields. So maybe you just had like battle master tactics mm. like added in. I don't know, something along those lines, uh, potentially. So Yeah, it's kind of bonkers in a way. I quite like the titles of it, like Agent of Order. How do you say it? Is it Scion? Or am I saying that wrong? Scion of the Outer Plane, is that what you mean? Scion, yeah. Yeah, that one. Scion. Yeah. Bayful Scion, Cohort of Chaos, which sounds amazing. Yeah. Outlands Envoy and Planar Wanderer, they don't have a a a plane attached to them which i guess makes sense because i guess the outlands is obviously sigil well it's the space between sigil and the portals to the planes so it wouldn't it wouldn't necessarily have a alignment attached to it yeah righteous inheritor as well yeah that's the other one as we were just talking quickly off off podcast it's like they're all put in alphabetical order which is nice and there's a lot (laughs) but there's several and you're like that's this is lovely guys but if group them together, maybe then do an alphabetical order. Righteous Heritor. <laughs> there it is. I was like, I yeah, can... it's after all of these ones. <laughs> but should we go through them? Yeah. So, Sign of Outer Planes, you are influenced by and adept at navigating planar pathways and the strange realities of the outer planes. As we know, they are very strange. Whether planar <laughs> exists, essence in- infuses you or you have extra planar ancestry, your connection to a plane infused uh, with the energies found there, choose a type of plane listed in the plane on future table below. Your choice gives you resistance to a damage and the ability to cast cantrip as specified in the table. Right. No material components, use whatever you want to, to spell, like to use to you as your ability. So you've got astral plane, psychic, and gives you message. Chaotic outer plane, necrotic, minor illusion. Evil outer plane, necrotic, chill touch. Good mm. outer plane, radiant, sacred flame. Lawful outer plane, radiant guidance, and the outland psychic mage hand. So I'm guessing with that, the only ones that are true neutral, neutral places, there mm-hmm. is, is the outland. So that covers yeah. that. And then you would have to make the decision based on if you've got a good, a chaotic good plane, mm-hmm. such as like Arborea, for example, you could obviously make the decision then to go down the radiant or necrotic route because and that's the kind of irony of this the fact that chaotic means evil therefore necrotic because yes i think that chaotic doesn't necessarily mean that and i think that something that would be more chaotic would be like 
damage to that you can't like a wild magic thing like yeah. would be a better way of dealing with it because as we know from the 2e source books that we've been looking at for planescape you know wild magic is the classic you're on a plane of chaos wild magic always happens basically mm. in the level of that and things mm. that don't happen so much on those planes are divination spells and uh, abjuration sometimes depending on them so those things could be played better as well as like evil planes yes definitely like necrotic happens yeah. it makes more sense but yeah mm. and that kind of makes sense if they want to take this another level they could have had things like per resistance to healing magic Ooh, do you know a, what i mean yeah like like a sort of negative part of the feat which is like you get half mm. heals or something like that but give them a boon addition because that's what again like we were saying in those 2e planescape books that's something that's something that's yeah. what happens healing on certain planes isn't as effective because of the yeah. nature of the planes that would be really interesting i think annoyingly yeah because of the way 5e is now, um, yeah. they'll be like, oh, we can't have anything too negative, which is... Yeah. Uh, it's, I know. I, I, as a home, I think, you know what, as a home rule, that yeah. would be quite cool, I think. I would give them a boon in, in exchange. Like, yeah. you always take half healing or something like that, but you get to double damage on something yeah. else or something like that. Like you like it's a it's a really serious kind of change. Because UA is this anyway. It's play yeah. it's it's playtesting. Play Why wouldn't you just, just go, you know what? We're just gonna playtest some new things. If it doesn't work, we're gonna chuck it out. How do yeah. people feel about it? Like, cause I think we get to that stage now with all playing games. I got to that stage where we're like, actually, why don't I just fucking try like a uh, like a one shot where yeah. I'm a drunk elf monk and yeah. I got all these cool things and then whatever it doesn't matter yeah. so much if you're privileged enough to do that i appreciate as somebody yeah. who has two ongoing DD campaigns and then the old one or two one i get to do that sort of thing yeah but, exactly you know, some people might just prefer doing the long one but this is what ua is opening to to thousands of people to have a go yeah. at doing it so but maybe there's more ua to come on planescape maybe there's more yeah. maybe like planar effects might come into the into mm. a ua at some point i mean that will definitely would just confirm that play i mean this confirms planescape but if they go oh by the way here's some optional uh <laughs> planescape effects. yeah i think the one thing i would change maybe about this uh particular feat mm. is that i think what they'll do if they what they you know what they have been doing with the previous ua they've gone oh it's too powerful or People didn't like it, so we're going to change it. I think you would change it to a cantrip of a certain school rather yeah. than a specific cantrip, just because mm. I can see there, like you know, chill touch and sacred flame, which are very cool spells. And then you're like, okay, yeah, I want to, I want to do the astral plate. Oh, message. Uh, okay, like it's yeah. you know, just I, I think it would be a choice. I think it would just make it as customizable yeah. as possible. I yeah. think so. I think it'll be a school of of magic. And also, the Outlands is so much cooler with Mage Hand. Mage Hand. Than, yeah, like, you know, like guidance exactly. is also good, but like Mage Hand is so much more fun than a lot of the, the other ones. Like Minor yeah. Illusion. Oh, like the, cha the the chaotic outer plane. Oh, you get Minor Illusion. That's what I mean. Okay. No. <laughs> Gaius. Give them Gaius. It's not a cantrip. That's not a cantrip. That's that's ridiculous. Yeah, that's what you give them instead of like for the fact that they lose healing. You get a ninth Ooh, level spell. That, now that is truly <laughs> chaotic. But give them wild magic as well. Like you, I don't know. It's so much fun. But yeah, having wild magic and then the, the effects that has on the different planes as well, depending on the yeah. nature. Anyway, anyway, but yes, interesting first one. I think is wrong with this document now that I look at it. I think mm. not only is it not organized by level yeah. and then grouped by theme, mm. that, that that's what it should be rather than yeah. alphabetical order. Because then it can have those first level ones yeah. like that scion of the outer planes. That's kind of the important one that sets up all the other ones. We'll do it for you at home. So on the okay. fly. So so it's yeah, scion, you get the scion of the outer planes, and then you can have these ones that go with it at fourth level. So if you want to choose lawful outer plane, you obviously have to have that 
already prerequisite at first level. You can have this fourth level agent of order. You can channel cosmic forces of order that lock the multiverse into patterns. Your actions are your own to choose, but these forces grant you the following benefits. Increasing ability score of your choice by one, up to a maximum of 20. Very mm-hmm. useful, always useful. Stasis strike once per turn when you damage a creature you can see within 60 feet of yourself. So you can deal an extra 1d8 force damage to the target and it must succeed in a wisdom saving throw uh, or be restrained by spectral bindings until the start of your next turn. Mm, I like that. So that's that one, Agent mm-hmm. of Order. What's the next one then? The next one, as I'm scrolling desperately up and Bayful, down. <laughs> Bayful Scion. Bayful Scion, thank you. Oh, that's the next one. Bayful yeah. Scion. So you can channel the cosmic forces of evil that cause pain, but invigorate your being. You can choose your own actions despite this malignant connection. Interesting choice of phrasing there. I like the flavor mm. of that. So it's like, yeah. oh, you're not fully evil, uh, but you you can choose how evil you want to be. So yeah. fair enough. With this again, you get that ability score increase. You know, increase one ability score of your choice by one to the maximum of twenty. And then you have life draining grasp. Once mm. per turn, when you hit a creature with a melee weapon attack, you can also deal necrotic damage to it. The damage is equal to one d six plus your proficiency, and you gain this number of hits points equal to that. Uh, damage you tell so yeah you're basically doing your oddish impression of absorbing and mega draining yeah. essentially uh, and you can use this a number of times equal to proficiency and regain them all on a long rest see also doing that and giving that as an option all the time but you also can only take half healing would make that without having a proficiency bonus so it would also be a way to do that mm. so you can't heal the only way you heal like everyone else is by you know it's actually by using this effect or something like that yeah but that's cool i like that you're a vampire uh basically next one is a cohort of chaos uh this is for the chaotic out planes uh, if you didn't hadn't figured that one out what uh, you, you, you channel the cosmic forces of chaos that drive the multiverse towards both freedom and disarray your actions are still yours to choose but you gain these benefits <laughs> the actions are still yours we're not liable for anything, yeah, you, anything do. you do as a cohort of chaos so all of these give you the ability score, but then when you roll a one or a two, so this basically, why wouldn't you take this a fourth level feat? Because the other option is increase an ability score. I know. So it gives you an ability score plus a feat, basically. I love this. I love this one. The chaotic flare. Chaotic flare. When you roll a one or a 20 on an attack roll or a saving throw, the magic of chaos flows through you. So they are giving you wild magic. Yeah. Roll on the chaotic flares table to determine what happens. A flare lasts until the end of your next turn and the new flare can't occur until the first flare ends. One d4 uh disruption field waves of energy ripple in a 10-foot sphere centered on you every creature other than you starts to turn in that area all that moves into that area for the first time on a turn takes 1d8 force damage Oof, brutal that so one. even if you roll a d so if you roll a natural one you're like oh well <laughs> so still uh, take damage everyone takes damage you exactly. get some force damage you, you get some force, some force damage i don't <laughs> i don't uh, i'm okay yeah battle fury a creature of your choice that you can see is filled with a reckless fury the creature has advantage on attack rolls and disadvantage on ability checks cool i like that unbound when you move you can use some or all of your walking speed to teleport once along with any equipment you're wearing or carrying up to the distance you use, so you're not huey uh, up to the distance you use to an unoccupied space that you can see. <laughs> and then finally, on a four, wailing winds, howling winds swirl around you in a 60-foot radius. You and any creature in that radius has disadvantage on wisdom saving throws. You can also forcibly release a chaotic flare as a bonus action, rolling <gasps> on the table anyway. You can use this number of times equal to your proficiency bonus. I like that. That, that second part of that, that, the fact you're like, oh, it's not just a one-off, really. Yeah. I like that it can be a natural one or a natural 20. Because yeah. I think before, like, it's... Cause- for me, again, I, it's so rare that I play any any wild 
magic. When it mm. happens, I'm like, oh, that what? Because obviously I don't do it. I think with the chaotic players, I would expect this list to expand to maybe a D6 of stuff. Even more sometimes, maybe a D8. I, I, I wondered, like, could they find something that's a D20's worth? Because like, yeah. they've only got that one... That Wailing's Winds one, that's the only sort of bad one in the sense of like yeah. you also get those. But yeah. I, I would like an equal 10, oh, mm. cool things, and then 10 shit things, yeah. Shit things, but you get affected as well. Yeah. To be fair, if people need Wild Magic tables, there are some great ones out there. The Wild Magic Revisited one that I used before, which does do planar effects. So if you're on a chaotic, it actually automatically does this for Planescape. It actually says, like, if you're on a neutral plane, it does less, and then it actually automatically adds this into chaotic um, mm. events and stuff like that, so you can already do that. But it has ones like, uh, every spell you do is enacted by badgers. <laughs> <gasps> Amazing. <laughs> so I, someone cast the healing spell. That happened when we were doing our session zero for our Planescape game that we ever did. And, they, and I was like, they were healing, and so little badgers came up and sewed the planes back. That is adorable. Yes. Is that adorable? I think awesome. for me, I just, I just make it into modrons, but otherwise, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah exactly. You can do what you like. <laughs> exactly. Next one, then, is the Outlands Envoy, I think. Outlands Envoy. Yeah. All right, I'll take this one. So you have spent significant time in Sigil, or Sigil, depending on where you're uh, from. If you're so or not, basically. <laughs> or elsewhere in the Outlands, the mm. crossroads of the multiverse. Yeah. Being steeped in the converging planar energies grant you these benefits. An ability score increase, shock, horror, or, oh, and, sorry, uh, Crossroads, M- M- oh god, that's why I've taken a run up for this one. Emissary. <laughs> emissary, yeah. Emissary. Crossroads emissary. <laughs> you learn Misty Step and Tongue spells. You can cast each of the spells once using uh, using the sweep without a spell slot, and you must finish a long rest before you can use the cast spell in the same way again. So you get two cool spells. I've never seen a Tongue spell before. Tongues is the ability to talk in all languages. Is that, oh? I believe, yeah. I'm sure, you know what? I spent so long comprehending languages. Uh, I know yeah. <laughs> I'm the one that's I'm the one that's on Duolingo. Yeah, the spell Fortune grants <laughs> grants the creature you touch the ability to understand any spoken language it hears. Moreover, when the target speaks, any creature that knows at least one language can hear what oh. they say. So it's a universal translator, basically. A babelfish, amazing. Yeah, babelfish. I yeah. like that. Okay, cool. Yeah. So yeah, so I think that's quite a nice little um, mm. little flavoursome sort of feat. Play the Honduras. This is a sign, again, of the Owl's Plane's feet with no uh, tie to any plane. Alignment, yeah. Exactly. You can draw on the forces of the multiverse to survive cosmic extremes and to traverse its infinite realm. So I do see this more as the, the neutral one. Yes. You gain these benefits. Planar, so you don't get the ability score. Yes, I just about to say, yeah. But you get some freaking cool things, which are very useful for being a planar wanderer, which is... Planar adaptation, when you finish a long rest, you gain resistance. And there's no reason why you couldn't take this and then later at eight, another feat, take another yeah. one of these plain ones when you get another one at seventh. Because currently we only have the, the prerequisites for certain things. So like for yeah. this one, for example, it has you have to be a fourth level and you have to already have uh, a scion of the outer plane's feet of some sort. So if you've got the good, you could take good at fourth level and then one of these neutral sure. ones at seventh. But you don't have like, oh, you can't have this if you already have this feat. You yeah. Know, there's, not, there's not like a, a restriction per se, which is actually pretty cool. The only restriction would be that you couldn't take the good and evil one because you've already taken outer planes brackets good outer plane. You yes, couldn't then yes. take outer planes sure. bracket evil, but you could take good bracket good and lawful bracket lawful. No, you couldn't because they don't let you do are, that. Are you okay, Hamilton? <laughs> 
I'm just seeing behind you all these notes and this sort of pin board. I'm literally, this is what, this is what. You are Charlie from, uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. It's the chicken man. So, uh, (laughs) when you finish a long rest, you gain resistance to either acid, cold or fire damage or choice until you finish your next long rest. Pretty damn good. That's cool. That's cool to get a fourth level. Mm. Acid, cold or fire. Those are quite common. I like that. I love this next one, Portal Cracker. Ah, Your experience with portals allows you to operate them without the proper portal key. Now, portal keys are very important if you want to use a portal. A lot of time you need a key. Some of them, for example, is like you need some brimstone to get into uh, Gehenna. You might need, it might just be a feather. Uh, Some of them are esoteric, like a feather weighted on a rock whilst it's in transit and you have to move through or it's mm. at certain times of the day or it's holding a book or it's actually at which side you go through. Mm-hmm. But as an action, you can concentrate on a portal you are aware of that is within 15 feet, which you will be aware of because of the next one. With is aware of that it's within five feet of you and you make a DC 20 wisdom survival check, which is pretty high. That's very high, yeah. But to be honest, you shouldn't be able to just like walk up to any portal and walk through it. There is, they no. are meant to, that's one of the main like fetch quests in, in Planescape yes. is find out what the key to the portal is uh, yeah. as well as find where the bloody portal is in the first place. <laughs> On a failure, you take 3d8 force damage and you would just fuck up a lot. That's a lot for portal that we might be taken yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and you use you can you can't use feature on that portal again until you finish a long rest. On a success, you can force the portal open or closed for one hour. So again, useful though if you want to close it is where yeah. I'm seeing this more like fuck. We're running away from the demon, you know, the Tanari on uh, on the abyss. Get through the portal, da da. I crack, break the portal. Ah, with some check. And you're already yeah. running out of health. This is a bit of a risky gamble. Guidance, everyone's giving you guidance, advantage, everything like that. Party inspiration, just anything. Party inspiration, so you can shut do it. it. Shut the goddamn door! <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, for that duration, a portal is closed this way and doesn't respond to its portal key unless a creature employing the key succeeds on a DC 20 Ooh. intelligence check. Mm. And now, portal sense is interesting because if you are in planescape in the old 2E ones, that if you are a planar being and you play as a planar being, you automatically have a portal sense because all planar beings have this ability to to do what this next one is, which is portal sense. So having that as a planar wanderer, giving you enough time to have become accustomed and a part of the planar. Mm-hmm. So if your player that you play in this campaign that they're going to be bringing out is a prime, a primer or a, a clueless, as they're called, then they wouldn't have this feature, but then it gives you that ability up if you because obviously you've been wandering around long enough. So mm-hmm. from a sense, you know the direction to the last plane of portal you use whilst you and the portal are on the same plane. Mm-hmm. Moreover, as an action, you can detect the location of any portals within 30 feet of you that aren't behind total cover. Mm. Once you detect a portal within this action, with this action, you can't use the action again until you finish a long rest. Now, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it's something, as I said, planar beings would have. So that's fair. The total cover thing. There are also plane portals and gates that as a DM, you can skip around from that. Right. But I think it's good. You can take the next one there, which is Righteous Heritor. Righteous Heritor. So yes, sir. another level four, a sign of the outer planes in brackets, good outer plane feet. You channel the cosmic forces of good that foster Yay! serenity and fellowship. You know, those really good things that everyone has. Uh, uh, you, you are still free to choose your own actions. So you still can be a bit of a dick, but you gain these, these benefits. So an ability score improvement. Hooray. And soothe pain. 
When you mm. or a creature you see within 30 feet of you takes damage, you can use your reaction to dull its suffering and reduce the damage it takes by 1d10 plus your proficiency bonus. You can use this benefit a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus and you regain all expended uses on a long rest. That's good. The exits are on the left. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like any, any good plane, as we've done Mount Celestia and our other thing, everything's, everything's lovely. Yeah. It's just nice. With a hidden agenda, though. Does anybody want tea? <laughs> the Carter Mance. Oh, what a great, great it's spell. It's so cool. Ah, yeah. I, hey, you know who the coolest X-Men is? It's not Wolverine. It's fucking Gambit. We've always known this. <laughs> Carter Mance, you have learnt to channel your magic through a deck of playing cards. Hey! Uh, <laughs> do, do your Yu-Gi-Oh impression. Duel! <laughs> We're a bit giddy today, aren't we? I know, I know. <laughs> Jeez. So what do you get in this card monster? Right, you get three things when you Woo. when you gain this feat. You have card focus. You can use a deck of cards as your spellcasting focus. When you use a deck of cards to focus a spell that deals damage, or roll a d4. You gain a bonus to one uh, damage roll of the spell equal to that number. You basically just get an extra d4 to your roll. Fantastic. This bonus applies to one creature of your choice that you see with the damage roll. So you can't just be like magic missiling at separate people. It has to be on one thing. Makes sense. And you gain it uh, a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus and regain them all on a long rest. That's quite very cool. Card tricks. You learn prestidigitation, a word mm. I also cannot say out loud. <laughs> and can use it to create illusions that duplicate the effects of stage magic. Da -da! <laughs> I had an arcade tricks to rogue play with me once who was a who was a children's entertainer and this would have been perfect for it. Uh, when you use the spell in this way, you can conceal the verbal and somatic components of the spell as mundane conversation and card handling. <laughs> I know what people are gonna say, like, so what? You could do that anyway, you yeah, no, but it's not the point. I think this is so fucking cool. <laughs> like I am so I think this is definitely going in the Planescape one as yeah. some sort of crazy characters. There's going to be something fun in there, I think. I think they're going to make a real planar mm. jumping. I think it's going to be the next... I'm hoping yeah. it's going to be the next Dragon Heist. I'm hoping it's Hayek, Intracasso, that oh. crowd, all oh. back on the bus. Because when I did my Dragon Heist, I made it... I made it sigil Dragon Heist in the right. end because I, like, <gasps> I moved it to, to there for yeah. a bit. Because I wanted to, I was mucking about reading Planescape again, and I sort of like brought them there and like had that working in. I think it's a great tat, like it's as good as Waterdeep. It's a great place. Go with that crowd and get them making something super wacky. Yeah. I think would be perfect for it. That and I think, be, this, I think that's what this is. That'd be so exciting to do, like, yeah, a planar heist, essentially. Yeah, a exactly. between different things. Finally, the third and final feature you get from this feat, a hidden ace. When you finish a long rest, you can choose one spell that must have a casting time of one action, mm. and its level must be less than or equal to your proficiency bonus. So yeah. that's good. So you won't ever, you know, all the way up to level 20, you probably get like a one that's at level five or lower. While this card is imbued with a spell, you can use your bonus action to flourish the card and cast the spell within. The card then immediately loses its magic. Makes sense. But again, I just, I, I just like, oh yeah, Ace yeah. of Spades. I think someone needs to take this card monster and make it into a proper, proper, proper thing, like a, a class or a subclass. Yeah, then, I mean, a, a subclass, class. I think, like, again, I'm sure that there's already something out there on DM's Guild, but this idea that you could, like, depending on the card that you pull, yeah. like, you do it randomly and you're like, it's, like, it makes sense because if it's, like, whatever your proficiency is and lower, like, there's too many variables, but I just feel like the idea that, okay, you're going to pick 
for each one of these cards is a is a cantrip of your yeah. choice and then you yeah. shuffle it and go oh it's actually um it's yeah. poison spray or something yeah. like that and it, yeah i think you know me i love a good prop <laughs> and as a player i'd like that'd be really cool like, oh what's gonna be oh no it's presentation balls <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> how unuseful is that for me like i'm a big fan of having other mechanics in D D just to mm. try them out so card yeah. stuff um yeah. like using just uh like a randomly generated like a d66 all that sort of thing mm. i just uh, using tokens right what i think would be cool is you give all of them have like a particular like you give the whole set of cards some sort of fabric and uh, uh, like ability right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then you are, you draw at the beginning of each day six cards oh, right yeah, so you, yeah, yeah, yeah. every day you draw six cards and as you level up you gain spell slots which are cards mm-hmm. right but that's how so say you can have 52 like spells you know or 52 mm-hmm. abilities or whatever but you draw those cards and that is it for the day so right cool. and then yeah. you can shuffle them you can put them back at the bottom of the deck if you want to or you can shuffle them back in but that is it. And that's like your spell slots for the day and you can use Very them. Cool. So it's not like, ah, oh, president. Oh, fuck. President. It's not like bullshit. You just show them at the end. It's not yeah, like yeah, yeah. you actually hold them in your hand. You go, okay. Which is basically Gloomhaven. Oh, it's Gloomhaven. Yeah. It's uh, Magic the Gathering. Um, Gwent. But, but why not? Like, why the fuck not? People love that shit. And I, again, are going, uh, they are getting it on the minis game. Why mm. wouldn't they get on the card? card game yeah i i see now i just want to play a game where i'm dming and then they go okay we challenge you to like a card game and then i bring out my magic the gathering set <laughs> i go right well, we're gonna do it right here right now and like oh no all right four hours later <laughs> yeah like <laughs> get gwen out on the phone that's a good idea though. <laughs> yeah right so you get some spells ah oh, this is the coolest thing Yes, these spells are all inspired by the deck of many things which we have featured on this podcast before. Mm. So I feel very, I feel very relevant, even though we did it like last season. Yeah. <laughs> um, but contains new spells that the DM might add to a campaign, making them available to players uh, and monster spellcasters alike. So your your monsters, your villains could also have it as well. We've also got two actual monsters additional because I don't remember. Have these turned up before or they have Have they turned up on the deck of many things? I don't know. So I was trying to work out what cards they relate to. So the ones I know of, there's a Reaper, which is the Spirit of Death. Yeah. Uh, the Knight, which I assume is Summon Warrior Spirit. And then the other... Th- three i think they're just inspired by rather than an actual card there isn't actually already on D D beyond a reaper spirit or mm. uh, a warrior spirit so these are new new monsters as well in this ua Ooh. so they didn't, they didn't even mention that at the beginning but that's interesting interesting so yes yeah, so we've got spray of cards antagonize yes. house of cards summon warrior spirit and spirit of death Again, they put it in alphabetical order rather than um, level order. Whatever, we'll, we'll do that. Should but... we try and do it by level? Can we be crazy and do that? Uh, we... Yes, spray of cards then. So in this one, you spray a spectral <laughs> spray <What>? spectral. <laughs> you spray spectral cards. I've spat at the mic like four times now <laughs> uh, from your hands or sleeve. Ooh. Um, the cards blind or slash your enemies and then mm. vanish. Uh, choose one of the following effects. So you've also got blinding cards. Each creature within a 15-foot cone succeeds on a wisdom saving throw or be blinded to the end of the next turn. Or cutting cards. Each creature within a 15-foot cone must make a dexterity saving throw or take 2d10 force damage on a failed save and half as much on a successful save. It's force damage. That's pretty cool. Rather Mm. than slashing damage. And then at higher levels, 
any higher uh, level than fourth, uh, the damage is increased by 1d10 per two level slots. That's mm. interesting. The first time that's ever like two level slots is a 1d10 rather than mm. every slot up. It's because it's a big Ooh. number, I guess. That's why, maybe. I love the idea that you, you cast it at such a ridiculous high level. You're like, okay, 5d10, 6d10. <laughs> and you're like, ah, oh, death by cards, death by a thousand cuts. <laughs> exactly. It's paper. Exactly. It's like, oh, paper cut. We're big fans of the deck of many things, even though, like, mm. we, as we discussed on that episode, like, oh, we changed so much about it, but just like the concept of it, I just yeah, really, no, exactly. really cool. I think I think they're really going for it, which is cool. Antagonize then third level. Uh, you whisper magical words that antagonize one creature of your choice within range. The target must make a wisdom saving throw. On a fail save, it takes forty-four psychic damage, and must immediately use its reaction, if available, to make a melee attack against another creature of your choice that you can see. No other creature is within range. The target has disadvantage on the next attack roll it makes before the start of your next turn, which is also good. At higher levels, when you cast a spell using a spell slot four level or higher, the damage increases by 1d4 for every spell slot. Again, maybe it's just like, oh, we're just going to put this in here and see how people think about it. I don't see it being inspired by a particular card or by anything in the deck, other than maybe, oh, go on, you take a card. No, you take mm. a card. <laughs> and mm. then you take a card and then, oh, you fucked up or something like that. I don't know. Um, but I quite like it, you know, 4d4. Psychic damage and then yeah. Im- immediately use its reaction again. I've not seen anything that does that. Like usually it's like, oh, make an attack or something like that. So yeah, it yeah, uses it, up something. Yeah, it uses up something, not its action. Mm. But I guess because obviously it's, I guess you're doing it out of turn order, yeah, right? That's so probably it would, why. That's yeah. probably why. Yeah. yeah, we figured it out, guys. <laughs> <We're> clever. <laughs> mm. Oh, let me let me tell you though, this next one is my favorite. I yeah. think just. Again, the flavor of it is just mm. good. So, yeah. House of Cards, uh, not the TV show. Uh, you touch the ground and conjure forth a defensive structure made out of a, a ginormous playing cards. The structure rises with you with you at the center, <laughs> harmlessly lifting you and any creatures within the area. It's presumably your enemies as well. It, oh, but it takes a minute to cast. Never mind. Yeah. The House of Cards uh, has a square base that is 30 feet on each side and has three floors with 10 10 foot high ceilings the yeah. second floor is 20 feet on each side and the top floor is 10 each other so basically it's like a pyramid both mm. centered above the bottom floor ramps connect the interior of each floor and empty door frames connect the interior to the exterior on each level creatures inside or on top of the structure have half cover each card comprise- that comprises the house is 5 feet wide and 10 feet tall and is very fragile <laughs> the card has 10 EC and 1 hit point Cards are immune to poison and psychic damage, which is probably very good. Reducing a card to zero hit points destroys it. And each time a card is destroyed, roll a d6. If you roll a five or a six, the house collapses, ending the spell. <laughs> it's kind of like, it's just like, I, it. I, don't, I, I don't know why you'd cast it. Oh, but I just, I love the idea. It, look, it, it looks so fucking cool. But, but then it's terrible. Thematically, it's like, yes, I'm casting it. But also it'd be like, I built it. Ding. You know, like yeah, literally yeah. that first turn of combat, we're like, we've all got half cover, and then they just go, okay, fireball. Yeah, and it, <laughs> and it, and it lasts, and it lasts twenty four hours. Four hours. Yeah, it's it's a bonkers spell. You're I just doing it just for the great. shits, aren't you? I guess. Yeah, I just I I love the concept. I think it's great. I just can't see it being used in battle. It feels very much like that whole Fortnite thing about AC. building. Yeah. yeah, I think it needs a little bit maybe. Uh, Maybe, like, I don't know, because if you give it 15 AC, then I think that's more than some wizards and, and warlocks. <laughs> no, I know. It's kind of like, I d- it feels like it needs to give, like, other benefits for being in there that aren't defensive. Like, mm-hmm. when you're in this house of cards, you also, I don't know, you gain better lot and short rest, or you get, a, yeah. you, you know, something else to make it so that 
if you can keep it going for a certain it like it allows you yeah. to take a long rest without exhaustion so you you've got cover yeah. you know like i don't know something like that would be better i also think i would make it roll when you roll a d6 you know mm. five or six i would reduce that to a one mm. like yeah. or or one or six i feel like five or yeah. six that's a third and you imagine on your first roll you're like oh balls and everyone collapses inside Exactly. I don't know. I just, I do think it's. I, yeah. Again, I love the imagery of it, but I think it's gonna be tweaked in some way. Or if it was like, it, you've got to make it like Jenga. So like, if one goes, it's like roll a d twenty on a one, and then once one goes, you take it down to a d twelve, and then and then a, and then a d eight, d six, d four, flip a coin, and then you, that's it. Yeah, you're reducing done. reducing the, the 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 die value yeah. as you go down. Yeah, <gasps> that would be so much fun. Because, yeah, because you imagine, like, yeah. oh, it's a natural one on those 20. Yeah. Fuck! Yeah, but at least that's, yeah. like, one out of 20, which is kind of yes. more... Yeah, it makes more sense. So then you get another third-level spell, is Summon Warrior Spirit. So this yes. is where we get one of the new monsters. I did send both of these to Micah Strahd DM because I say this, I guess. <laughs> I don't know, because, like, why give him more stuff to hit oh. us with? But he was happy with it. So, yeah. uh, Warrior Spirit. Uh, one action, range 90 feet, uh, VS and M. Uh, a knight card, a gilded playing card, depicting a knight worth at least 300 gold pieces. So it is the knight card, I imagine. It is the knight. Again, I like this, just because, again, my partner's been selling Magic the Gathering cards uh, recently. I like the idea that you, you go to a certain marketplace and you're like, oh, I'm looking for a specific card. Then you go, here, and there's always other cards. You're like, oh, the card is like, it's still got a Clefairy? Get yeah, a if you get a magic madhouse, you can get it for cheaper. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> right, so you call forth the warrior spirit from a legendary deck of many things. It manifests in an unoccupied space that you can see within range. The corporeal form uses the warrior spirit stat block below. When you cast the spell, choose a type of warrior, barbarian, fighter, or monk. The warrior yes. resembles a humanoid armed appropriately to the chosen class, which determines certain traits in its stat block. The warrior disappears when it drops to zero. Uh, and the spell, or when the spell ends, which is one hour concentration. Not bad. It's an ally to you and your companions in combat. The warrior shares your initiative count, but it takes its turn immediately after yours. It obeys your verbal commands. No action required by you, thank goodness. If you mm -hmm. don't issue any commands, it just takes the dodge action and uses its move to avoid danger. That's quite good. That yeah, you don't not compared to like your animal companion or your steel defender from your artificer. Not even having to use a bonus action or anything. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just you just go free action, hit it. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's exactly. okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it has armor class 13 plus level spell plus two fighter only 30 uh hit points for barbarian and fighter 20 for monk 10 plus 10 for each spell level above 30 so you can build quite the quite the defender here yeah you can and speed is 30 foot or 40 foot depending if it's a monk uh it gives you some strength dex con in is all high int is low charisma is low wisdom's high good saving throws strength dex damage to poison resistant poison immune to charmed or poisoned pass exception 13 uh, and speaks languages it has a multi-attack, which is like a reckless strike if it's a barbarian, a rallying strike if it's a fighter, or an unarmed strike if it's a monk yep. doing D12, D6, or D4 as you go down. And yeah. it does a number of attacks equal to half the spell's level rounded down. 
that I mean, if you were like again, I know you have other spells, but yeah, if you did a proper ninth level spot, it's like that's four or eighth, eighth level, or eight. That makes more sense. Yeah. You might as well yeah, just do it. Eight. Yeah, keep, <laughs> keep the ninth. Keep the ninth level for something else. Equal to half the spell, so it'll be four, four attacks. That's great. I, yeah. That's more than I usually. Get. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and again, yeah, we've had the stat block idea before. I feel like the like it's tricky because that that speed stuff obviously makes sense for monks to be a bit speedier than the others. Mm. I just feel like. Just make it like hit points. Just give it a yeah. decent number rather yeah. than rather than split it up and splitting hairs. Essentially, I do get the speed thing though because obviously that's a monk's thing. But I feel like hit points is like they're they're yeah, all but, fighting classes. Yeah, right? so. I think it feels a bit. It does feel a bit unfair. I feel it also makes it like um, the monk does get gets that uh, bonus reaction. Gets, doesn't it? gets a knock prone ability as well. So mm-hmm. whilst the rallying strike from the fighter can uh, is piercing damage, and the warrior can choose another creature can see within twenty feet of itself to get to gain 1d6 mm. temporary hit points to, and the Reckless Strike is a d12 plus 3 plus the spell's level splashing damage, and the attacks made against the warrior until the start of its next turn are made with, dis- are made with advantage, so it gets the Reckless feature. So yeah. they are balanced a little bit. It still feels like... I know the prone thing is pretty good, but... Mm. Yeah. I think what they're going to do, just because maybe it's just my assumption about what a knight is, mm. I think they're just... In maybe in the the next version of this because I'm sure they'll do another one. I think it's just going to be fighter, and they're just going to yeah. have it like that. Um, because I, I love the cool idea of like, oh, it's a barbarian or a monk, but I just feel like it's just it is feels like splitting hairs. Maybe it's just because I'm very boring and I like, oh, I want different stat blocks for things. And then the last one, then you you can take this one. It's very it's very Fiona flavored. It is Fiona, yeah, Fiona favorite. It is spirit of death. Uh, <laughs> That's Fiona's real voice. Hello. Oh. <laughs> um, so for this, one of the components uh, is uh, a gilded playing card depicting an avatar of death uh, on on this card. Uh, concentration up for a minute. You call forth a spirit that embodies death itself. Choose a creature you see within range. The spirit manifests in an unoccupied space that you see within ten feet of the target, and the target becomes haunted by the spirit. The spirit uses the Reaper Spirit stat block, which is underneath, and disappears when it or the haunted creature is reduced to zero hit points or when the spell ends. So it's not like that spirit hangs around and goes, you can move it from target to target, essentially. Yeah. But it is an ally to you and your companions, which is great. Shares your initiative count, but takes its turn after yours. It obeys your verbal commands, so you don't, again, don't need, need to use your action to be like, mm. kill that guy. Uh, <laughs> but it will only attack the haunted creature. Which is good. Yeah. If if it doesn't, if you don't issue it any demands, it will take the dodge action and seek to mm. move to avoid danger. I love the idea that this is avatar of death. Like, oh no, don't hit me! <laughs> Just trying to get away from it. But looking at the sap block itself, it's very similar to the avatar of death that you can get in the thing. You got thirty feet of normal speed, but it's going to be hovering, so it's thirty feet of flying speed, uh, incorporeal movement, so it can move through other creatures and objects as if they were difficult terrain. If it ends up inside an object, it's shunted to the nearest space and gets the 10 force damage fair enough haunting tracker you and the reaper sense the direction uh, and distance to a haunted creature if it's on the same plane of, ex- of existence as you so that's interesting that you as the mm. person who's conjured it can also sense it as well but it's only for a minute this last you're not tracking much for a minute are you more like if it's using like dimension door yeah yeah, that yeah. sort of thing Misty but i agree yeah because yeah. otherwise it's like plane shift is a bit of an overkill i yeah. guess on that front but let's look at this action so we've got obviously it's got multi-attack similar to that warrior spirit so depending on what level you set it at it will do the number of attacks equal to half the level spell rounded down mm-hmm. uh reaping scythe so that's its weapon attack your spell attack modifier to hit with advantage i've never seen that before so you guess yeah you just roll twice Mm. I guess because maybe you're focused on the creature target. Yeah, I don't exactly, think you get yeah. that. I don't. I don't know if that's you get that with the avatar of death actually. 
And then finally, it's sort of once per day feature, paralyzing fear. The Reaper attempts to instill fear into the haunted creature it sees within 60 feet of itself. The creature must succeed on a wisdom saving throw against your spell save DC or become mm-hmm. frightened of the Reaper for one minute. Whilst frightened its way, the creature's speed is zero and it can't benefit from any bonus to its speed. It can repeat the saving throw at the end of each turn or immediately after it takes damage, ending the effect on itself on success. That's cool because I guess normally frightened is like you go mm. away from them and you look, you yeah. can't attack them and stuff. So the fact that you're rooted to the spot... That's quite... I'm confused why this is oh, okay. higher level and mm-hmm. shitter. <laughs> In what sense, Hamilton? Uh, it lasts only a minute instead of an hour to the warrior spirit. It's got less hit points. It's got yes. a lower armor class. And it can do less damage. Okay, it gains advantage on its attacks, but so does the barbarian's reckless strike. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it literally... I Why Fiona? Why Fiona? Would yes. I spend an extra hundred gold pieces, an extra, <laughs> a, a higher, a higher, um, more time in Magic Madhouse uh, bargaining, yeah, exactly, bargaining, <laughs> yeah, a higher level spell slot, <laughs> yeah, for what is ostensibly just got slightly better stats. I th- yeah, I agree. I think this is level four. This is a li- It's not as good. I think what I would do, I'd raise the level on it to maybe five or six, and then just use Avatar of Death instead rather than yeah. this i think I, I agree with you to an extent like i think I, I think it's a cool idea but again because it's, it's yeah. like a poor imitation of an avatar of yeah it's a poor imitation of that and it's not as good as a lower level spell that you will have as a casting yeah. monster which is creating a warrior spirit which will be there for an hour and yeah doing damage after damage after damage same amount of attacks but more damage oh and it does a paralyzing fear once per day which we all know any spell like that is not worth its salt because unless you if you're ready with all your attacks and it does work because it's either you use it yeah. once and they get to save after every turn so like you know they're going to hit oh, that yeah, DC. or when they take damage or when they take damage so yeah. you've got basically you've got one go at using it and if it yeah. and luckily it works if your spell saves high enough so really <laughs> it ha- it's not gra- it's not as good oh no <laughs> I, I yeah no i see that now i think yeah, I think I would just yeah, I just use Avatar of Death now, unless unless they do something to it, because I guess it is quite OP Avatar mm. of Death, or just make it like a warrior spirit. Just take yep. the same as that. Give it an hour concentration. Cause it's still concentration. You, you yep. get hit. Give it all the same stats and just allow it the hour, because then the tracking becomes useful. Yeah, and then it's just basically yes, it is got better stats and it can fly and it's got more immunity. So that feels like a, yeah. an up level. That makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> like, come on, Casper, find them. Yeah. <laughs> ah, my time is grow short. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so there we go. We've gone through all 12 pages of this Wonders of the Multiverse. Um, some good stuff in there. So, uh, some exciting stuff in there. Honestly, I'm I'm so pumped for Planescape. But like, as I said at the beginning of this episode, it feels like there's so much stuff and they're doing so much things. Mm. But I'm kind of overwhelmed like almost almost when i see like the marvel mm. lineup for the next yeah. couple of years and you're like well some of this is exciting i have no idea what it is have you but... seen oh there's a there's a great meme about it i'll find it i'll find I it find it i'll find it for you now it's quite amusing i saved it to my phone because i loved it it's got <laughs> it's um i'll share it with you visually but it's got all of the the things up there and then it's yeah. kramer and Fre- and Seinfeld. <laughs> Why don't you just just give up? Why don't you just give up? <laughs> <laughs> that is fair. That is fair. It's like it's like 
There are so many, like, there's so many. It just feels like we're rushing towards something with Wizards. Like, I know in a couple of years' time, we've got the 60th anniversary. There's going to be the 5.5 or revised edition of the rules for the oh, Magic. Oh, yeah, stuff. that's coming out as well, that's isn't it? That's coming out. Because obviously a lot of this stuff, when you're looking at it, you're like, yep, yeah, it's already got that in, in, in readiness for this. But it feels like, why are we rushing, guys? Like, let's enjoy Spelljammer. Let's enjoy... Dragonlance when it eventually comes out. It just feels like we've got yet another setting. Like I've still, we've only just got Radiant Citadel mm. coming out. Mm. Like I said, this this UA came out the day before Radiant Citadel, and they're like, "Here it is." And you're like, "Guys, go give the Radiant Citadel mm. like a week," and then be like, "Hey, try this stuff," because I know that it makes sense that they want to try this stuff. I don't know. Yeah. It just feels like we're rushing towards something, and they're pumping out as much stuff as possible for a growing market. Let's face it; like D and D is such a big thing, and people getting into it and stuff, especially with the film coming out as well. I don't know. I love it because it's content for us. I love that sort of stuff. But I just, I just hope that we're not going to be overwhelmed with so much stuff that there's mm. gets to a point where there's like this apathy, this uh, sort of it's an ennui, I guess, of just yeah. content and not enjoying it for what it is and taking the time to appreciate. Well, it. that's the thing because I feel like you know I haven't had a chance to look at Radiant Citadel yet, and I'm gonna and then by the time I get around to having a chance to look at it, Spelljammer's going to be out, and then I'm going to be like deep into that, and then the next minute it's going to be like whatever the next Dragonlance, which we'll put on a shelf somewhere, somewhere. and we'll look at, it at some point. <laughs> we'll lance the dragons, don't you worry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so well. that's basically it, isn't it? That's it. That's it for today. But thank you all for listening, Hamilton. Thank you, thank you for, for coming along uh, on yeah. this wonderful UA journey. Sorry for plain skate derails, but I can't help myself. But Hamilton, if we can't find you on the DMs Book Club, mm-hmm. where in the world will you be? As of recording, I had an email today saying that I am having the final checks over at the Morkborg. First four episodes, the fifth episode is getting done, but they're going to have that. Then they're putting the in the final touches on that. Some audio is going and music's going in now. It should be out. I am thinking any minute. Like I, I just keep I'm pressing every day. Like is it ready? Is it ready? Is it ready? That will be out there. It's quite serious at the beginning, and it slowly descends into very like in its own way fun, but still mm-hmm. re- maintains sort of its this Morkyborgness. So, so like yeah, I quite happy with it i'm very excited to share it with everyone that will come out but bowie and Spelljammer, i put the little artwork out there i i'm so hyped so know, so hyped. i know i'm very excited i had chats with uh i've chatted to two out of the four players about their characters uh it, i don't know if i can i don't want to give too much away but no no people should be listening to it and waiting no, for it i know but the two characters that are coming are very good i'm loving the little bits that we've given them we've got some cool little backstory bits bit of things to play with so ah and i'm gonna have a chat about the third one today and then fourth one sometime this week so very excited oh, look at you all go essentially but hamilton do you know who I am? <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, sorry, Fiona. Who are you? Who are you? Where Where am I? How are you? Uh, when is it? And what the heck is going on? Good question. What am I? <laughs> Who am I? My name is Fiona. What am I? I am a podcaster. Where am I? I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> that makes no sense. Uh, where? What am I rolling? Is a twice monthly RPG one shot podcast. Uh, as always, it's going very well. Um, if you love stuff like Morg and stuff like that, obviously Hamilton's got that covered. But if you like other things, like interviews with game designers, uh, we recently, uh, at, again, at time of recording, Into the Odd, which yeah. is a rules-light but flavour-heavy RPG by Chris McDowell, who's from Manchester. 
so that's a very nice little connection. But also mm. the graphic design by Johan Noor, who is the yes. graphic designer behind pretty much anything in Free League. You're probably like, oh, who was yeah. this? It's Johan Noor. Yeah, exactly. And that was really fun talking to them about that game. It's a very mm-hmm. interesting game. If you're mm-hmm. interested in uh, exploring uh, places that have not been mapped, all that sort of thing, looking for Arcana, which is like uh, magical items but have unintended consequences, it's all yeah. stuff like that. Uh, basically, yeah. a hex crawl sort of thing. Yeah, it's really beautiful, obviously. So Not surprisingly. And the hex crawling idea, I had a quick look at it. It's really cool. I really mm-hmm. like... It's a very, like... Yeah, it's a really simplified, but as I said, flavor-heavy. And it's a very nice system for, like, doing that sort of, like, exploration thing. I quite like it. It really and is. big and small scale as well, which is quite interesting. The other thing I ran recently, for a live stream, I ran Shadow of Mog by Leyland Press, which is... Um, if you're not into your politics and your games, it's not one for you. But essentially, it is like a post-Brexit tabletop RPG game. And mm. the idea is that you are a group of uh, survivors uh, who have formed a party and you're making your way along the un- London underground. And again, it uses that uh, D66 system. Mm. It's very straightforward. My, my favourite thing about it, it has this mechanic, which you may say slows down the game a little bit. I say... You know, it allows you as a role player to really go for it. Essentially, if you want to do anything in the game, if you want to go this way, if you want to eat first, and if that, you have to have a vote on it. So you have to have people like making propositions, people arguing against it, then people voting for it, and then rolling to see how successful the outcome is, which I think is is a great concept. But you need people to be really into the role play about it. Mm. And we've got other games as well. Yeah, it's all go at where, which is which is very exciting. It's all very exciting, and everyone should go and listen to that if you haven't listened to it already. Obviously, obviously. But finally, yes, you're right. You're about to say something that requires uh, hands. Hands, yes, I do. Because I, now everyone's like visualizing me. Imagine me sat, sort of sat back in my chair with my hands at sort of uh, <laughs> chest level, and yeah. I'm like, so if you want to have uh, an offer code from your friendly local game store in Burnley at Third Space Gaming, you type in the offer code and join with me with your hands, DMVC. <laughs> Do it on the train. Out. Do it on the train. Uh, <laughs> uh, into their checkout and you get 10% off your first order and that could be on anything. Hey, Radiant Citadel is out. Maybe Spelljammer will be out. Maybe another Wizards of the Coast book will have been released by the time this episode goes out. I wouldn't be bloody surprised. <laughs> uh, but you can get Terrain, you can get uh, Dice, have a look because they are lovely uh jono and Catherine. i've been so tempted to just get painting minis again i've got two boxes of minis in the cupboard that need paint i'm just like they're very cool but i'm just like yeah just... well now i've maybe got a bit of space to do it so it's all good but thank you so much for listening folks we appreciate yeah. your time and we will speak to you hear you see you next time see you on see the flip side, side. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Just to give you paint your picture at home here, Fiona's movements are there's so much like movement <laughs> happening. So much space I'm, getting, me. I'm getting I'm getting an interpretive dance of this <laughs> right now. So I love it. No, don't don't change, please don't change. I will never change. I'm just doing my little jig essentially. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yes. yeah.